1: Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And it's set down at the right hand of God. just want to look at that first phrase of verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. And I want to preach for just a little bit this morning on the power of the author. Amen. The power of the author. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. Amen. To all of our guests that are here, we welcome you today. Thank you for coming to Living Hope. I'm partial. I know there are other churches that you could have gone to today. We're so honored to have you with us today. Amen. Let's do that. Let's let our guests know we're glad to have them. Amen. As well, our E-Family. We have E-Family. That's what we refer to those that are viewing us online. I know we have many saints that because of health conditions or concerns, uh, they're not able to be here, but they're joining us online, and we welcome them today. Amen. And uh, following the service if you would like to, I would love to have just a minute for all of our guests that are here today to have a moment to meet you and welcome you to Living Hope. That door back there, our great usher, Brother Barry, is back there showing you exactly which door. We've got some refreshments prepared for you. They're prepackaged, and uh, we're, we are coronavirus safe back there with the uh, refreshments. Amen. The power of the author. I remember the first time that I really, really fell in love with Batman. And this is the second time in like a mo- two months that some of you have heard me preach using Batman as an illustration. I um, want to make it clear, Batman is not a text for preaching from, but he has a good illustration. Now, we had never had a television growing up, and, and I want to say I'm thankful for parents that established boundaries. That wouldn't There were things they did not allow into our home, and parents don't be afraid to be a little old-fashioned. If your child has technology, they don't need to have free reign on that. If you don't know what they're watching, don't be surprised when you do find out what they're watching, all right? Anyway, that's just another sermon for another Sunday, but I'm thankful for parents that had boundaries over what they did and did not allow into our home, but I did still have my ways. I knew the families in the church that did have TVs, and I loved watching the Redskins play on Sunday. Now, it was better back then than it is now watching them play. Back then, they actually had a chance and even a good chance of winning most of their games, but I hated not being able to watch the games, and so I identified the different families in the church who had TVs, and I would invite myself to come to their house, maybe a chore I could do for them, or something they had made that they needed me to, to you know test that meal that they had made for them, and so I would make my rounds, and I would one Sunday go to their house, and the next Sunday their house, and I know they were all onto what I was doing, but um, I didn't know that as a child. I thought I was really getting over on them. But and when my dad found out that I was inviting myself over, that was a big no-no. You don't invite yourself over. And when he found out that I was, I would always get the rod of correction applied to the seat of understanding. Uh, that's old school for get a whipping. Amen. And. Uh, but but I, you know, I think most of the people knew it was up, so they didn't tell on me. They just let me come over and watch the Redskins. But one of my other television fixes was that, that I would find a way to get was after school, I would go over to one of my friends' house and we would play kickball and we would always make sure the kickball game was done in time to go in their house and watch the old Batman TV show starring Adam West and Burt Ward. Anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? I, in my opinion... Maybe still the best show that's ever been. As a 10-year-old in fifth grade, Batman became almost an obsession. I couldn't go a day without missing Batman. I thought my dad must have thought I really loved kickball. It wasn't kickball, it was was Batman. Every zap, every bam, every boom, every pow, I was all in with the Cape Crusader. In this epic storyline that is the story of Batman. Batman is the secret identity of Bruce Wayne a wealthy American socialite, philanthropist, and the owner of Wayne Enterprises. The identity of Batman originated from an incident in Bruce Wayne's childhood. After he witnessed the murder of his parents, he swore vengeance against criminals, and he took an oath tempered by a sense of justice. He trained himself physically and learned 32 different types of uh, of, uh, um, social, what is it called? Martial arts, not social arts. Martial arts. Yeah, social arts don't scare anybody. All right? I know social arts, so big deal. All right, martial arts. And uh, intellectually, intellectually, and he crafted himself a, a bat-inspired persona to fight crime. Unlike most superheroes, though, Batman does not possess any strange superpowers. He doesn't have spidey senses or web-slinging wonders. He doesn't have the superhuman gift of flight or the ability to run faster than a speeding bullet. No, his arsenal of weaponry are not superhuman, but they are his genius-level intellect and his vast wealth, which affords him an extraordinary supply of weaponry and high-tech equipment. And using this, Batman regularly faced the very worst of criminals. Nobody worse than a guy that will make you laugh and kill you at the same time, the Joker. He faced the most powerful weapons. He faced the most horrible disasters. He faced the most evil of masterminds. He faced the arch enemies like the Joker and the Penguin. And it seemed like in every episode, no matter what episode it was, Batman was just on the brink of death. That he almost every episode faced a different or recurring enemy. It seemed like he was always just about to suffer defeat. His life was in danger. Death appeared imminent. It was every episode that Batman was on the brink of destruction. It seemed like every season of every episode of every season. Batman had finally met his match, yet no matter the enemy, no matter how great the enemy, no matter how impossible the situation he was in, no matter how great the disaster it appeared was unfolding, the Dark Knight always found a way to escape. He heroically defeated every foe he triumphed over wrongdoing. He foiled the plans of corrupt men. By the end of every episode, it doesn't matter. I remember episodes where he was tied down to train tracks and the train was a hundred yards away. And I thought, this is it. I'm not going to be able to watch Batman tomorrow because he's going to die today. I remember episodes where he was tied to a gear and he was about to go and mesh into these gears. And I thought, that's Batman has done no more kickball for me, but Batman always found a way to make it. At the end of every episode, the Cape Crusader is always the hero. He prevailed in every conflict. He conquered every villain, and he always emerged as the victor. Batman is always going to be the victor, even when it appears that he's defeated. You could just rest assured, I don't know how, but Batman's coming back. It's almost like Scooby-Doo's always going to find out who the bad guy is. There will always be a way that Batman rises up and conquers regardless of his humanity, regardless of the fact that he didn't have spidey senses and couldn't sling webs, regardless of the fact that he couldn't fly like Superman or outrun a train, regardless of the humanity. No one is a match for the Cape Crusader. Why? Because our hero always prevailed. But not because... He was independently wealthy and could afford the best weapons. Not because of his genius mind. It wasn't because he was a gifted martial artist mastering 32 different martial arts. Not because he had a sidekick named Robin who thought it was cool to wear tights or that he had a butler named Alfred. It wasn't even because he always knew how to decode the Joker's riddle. While each of these attributes and abilities were mesmerizing and, uh, and awe-inspiring, these were not the reason that Batman always found a way to win in the end, no matter how impossible the situation looked. I've come today to let you know I found the secret of Batman. His secret was not his martial arts or social arts, perhaps. His secret was not the Batmobile. His secret was not his sidekick, Robin. His secret was not his butler named Alfred. In fact, I found the superhuman strength of Batman was a guy named Bill. Bill. Did you all see the episode with Bill in it? Bill's contribution was not the backup punch of Robin. It was not the resourceful wittiness of Alfred. No, Bill's contribution to Batman's victory. Was the power of the pen. You see, Bill Finger was the author that wrote Batman. Every episode that ever occurred, it was Bill Finger who wrote the episode. It wasn't Robin that brought Batman through, it was the guy holding the pen that said, I know it looks like it's over, but I've still got the pen in my hand. I know it looks like you're not going to make it, but I'm going to write you out of this situation. I know it looks like you can't make it now, but I am holding the pen and I have the fire final say he was the author that ensured batman had the right answer for every riddle oh yeah joker you think you've got the riddle now to undo batman you don't know but i've got the pen in my hand and i'm about to tell batman the answer to the riddle Bill always knew the weapon that Batman needed for the battle. Bill always knew the training that Batman needed for the fight. He knew the right gadget to get him through the impossible dilemma. Batman's greatest weapon was the power of the author. Now I'm sure... I never saw the Apostle Paul playing kickball with me and my friends. It's very likely he did not have any idea who Batman was. But what the Apostle Paul did have is a revelation of the power of the author. Because Paul wrote in Hebrews chapter 12, We've got to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher. Somebody in this building today, you need to know God still got the pen. He still holds the pen. And it may look like you're surrounded. It may look like you're finished. But God still got the pen. Some of you don't understand what I'm telling you right now. You don't see a way through your circumstance, and you're about to give up. But I'm looking unto Jesus, the author. It's not over because he's still writing. It's not finished because he's still writing. It's not finished. It may look like the enemy has me, but God's not finished yet. Somebody lift your eye up off of your problem and get your eyes on Jesus. Some of you lift your eyes up off of what your doctor told you and get your eyes on Jesus. Some of you lift your eyes up off of what's going on with your children and look at Jesus. Paul said to the Hebrews, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. To the church at Corinth, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. Instead, He said, with that temptation, God is going to supply a way out of it. In other words, God's got the pin and when your back is against the wall, if God's holding the pin in your life, He's going to make a way out of that temptation. I wonder if anybody in the building is thankful that God's got the pin. I wonder if anybody is in the building can testify that there were times that I thought I was done and it looked like it was over. But as if out of nowhere, God began to write. Come on, we just, we just dedicated a baby that the doctor said, there's no way, but the author picked up the pen. The author began to write. And the author said, no, I see a Declan and I see a Clara. Come on, Trey and Michelle. The doctors told Trey and Michelle, you'll never have children. They were getting ready to spend thousands of dollars on a a hope that they might be able to have children. But God stepped in and said, give me the pen, and I'm going to start writing. And up in heaven, God just wrote Kiara. And up in heaven, God just wrote Jay. Up in heaven, God just wrote Josiah. Devil, you thought you had the last say. But I'm looking unto Jesus, the author. It doesn't matter what the doctor tells you. God's got the pen in his hand. It doesn't matter what the lawyer tells you. God's got the pen in his hand. There were a number of characters in the scripture who understood the power of the author. The prophet Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know, this is the author writing. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Everybody say me. Me. I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the author, the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you and expected in. In other words, this ain't going to be a surprise ending. Don't worry, the joker thinks he's got you on the train tracks. But don't worry, I'm going to give you, an, I've got the pen. I'm the one writing the end. I'm the one bringing it to a conclusion. Don't worry about what the joker tells you. I wish some of you would look that joker the devil in the eye and tell him the author, the author Jesus is writing the end of my story. (laughs) Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 8. The Lord shall, the author shall command blessing upon thee. Hallelujah. In thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand to do, and he shall bless thee uh, in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. What's happening there, God is writing. Uh, I'm going to bless them right now. Uh, I know it looks like the jokers got them and the penguins coming against them, uh, but I've got the pen, uh, and in the midst of a dry season, I'm going to give them a river. Uh, in the midst of their mourning, I'm going to give them joy. Uh, in the midst of depression, I'm going to give them peace uh, because I've got the author, uh, and I will command a blessing upon you. I wonder if anybody could use some joy today. I wonder if anybody could use some peace. Look unto Jesus. He is the author. and the, All you got to do is ask him right now. Come on with joy. Shall you draw waters from the wells of salvation? Prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. I'm reading from the contemporary English Bible. He said, I am God. Come on, I I see you, Maggie Marie. Was it last Sunday you testified? How long had you been looking for a place that wasn't working out? But the author had the pen in his hand. Come on, the author still had the pen. The author had the pen in his hand. And the author said, I know, Maggie Marie, it doesn't look like you're ever going to get a place, but all i got to do is write it out, and there it is. Come on, God's got the pen in his hand. I am God, there is none like me, who tells the end at the beginning. Ain't nobody else can tell you the end of the story while the beginning is still being written but the author. He said, I am God, there is none like me, and I am the only one that can tell you the end at the beginning. From ancient times, things not yet done. Amen. God is the only one that can tell us about things that even haven't happened yet, saying my plan will stand. All that I decide to do. That's why it's. we've got to get our eyes on Jesus in this hour, church. If you've got your eyes on anybody else, if you got your eyes on anybody else, you're not going to make it. If you got your eyes on this old world, you're not going to make it. That situation will destroy you. But if you'll put the pen in the hand of Jesus, if you'll put the pen in the hand of the master, if you'll look under Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, Job wrote in Job chapter 23, verse 10, but he knoweth the way that I take. He knows the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, it's okay. Because the, the author's got a plan. And when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. Listen, I, 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 is Junior still in here? Where, where are you at, Junior? Is he back in that room? I, I felt those of you that gathered around this family praying for them. Listen, I know that they've been going through it. But I'm telling you, it's part the author is writing. The author is scripting something for your family. The author is scripting. And when we get to the end of it, it's going to make sense. Right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But, Junior, it's going to make sense when we get to the end of the story because the author's got the pen in his hand, and he's still writing. And when I come forth from this trial, I will come forth as pure gold somebody else in the middle of your trial right now you can't wait until the story's over you gotta put the pen in his hand right now no single person in the scripture knew the power of the author more than the psalmist David the psalmist wrote in Psalms chapter 18 verses 47 through 48 it is God that avengeth me, somebody say avengeth me And subdueth the people that are under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me. It looked like it was over. It looked like I was finished. But the author started writing, and the author avenged me. And the author subdued my adversaries. And the author delivered me from my enemy. He lifted me up against those. Amen. He delivered me from the violent man. That is the power of the author. Somebody in this building, I've got to help you today to understand, as long as you're looking unto Jesus, it's not over. As long as your eyes are on Jesus, it's not over. There's still more to the story it doesn't matter what riddle the enemy riddle me this doesn't matter what riddle that joker brings into your life the author has the answer pastor we just don't know what we're going to do well I know who does know pastor Life has just brought us such a complicated situation. Pastor, we're we're dealing with a problem in our marriage that I just don't understand how we're going to make it through this. You may not. The, the, The joker might have thrown you a riddle that you can't figure out. But let me solve the problem for you. I know who does have the answer, and his name is Jesus. He's still writing. If you listen, he's writing out the answer. If you pay attention, he's writing out the answer. doesn't matter what weapon might be formed against me because the author said it won't prosper. If the enemy brings cancer against my body, the author said it won't prosper. If the enemy brings poverty against me, the author already said it won't prosper. He's writing in my life. And no matter what the enemy brings. <laughs> Psalms 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. If, if, if Batman's obviously not a real character I, I, I know that disappoints some of you like it did me when I found that out but, but if, if Batman had have known that there's somebody up there writing all this out then when he's on the train tracks and the train is coming Batman's not afraid Batman's not worried because I know the author doesn't get any glory if I die The author doesn't get any glory if the train takes me out. Amen. The author doesn't make any money unless I live, and he can write another episode. Amen. Listen, God gets glory when you triumph over your enemy. God gets glory when you overcome the adversary. You don't need to fear when you face your enemy. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Some of you need to rebuke the spirit of fear right now. Coronavirus doesn't have the pen. God has the pen. Whom shall I fear if I'm on the train tracks and the train is coming? It's all right because I know who has the pen. I know who has the power. And the Lord is the strength of my life, of whom. Shall I be afraid when the wicked, when the joker and the penguin, my enemies, and my foes came upon me to eat of my flesh? Man, it was almost crazy. They stumbled and fell. Well, how did that happen? Because God said. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you made it through situations and you look back and you still don't know how you made it. You look back over your life and you still haven't figured out how you came through that. Let me tell you how you came through it. The author started writing, enemy, it's time for you to stumble. Enemy, it's time for you to fall. Come on, somebody, there's victory in this house today because I'm looking unto Jesus. Jesus. Come on, Bo. That first Sunday you walked into this crazy church and you thought these people have lost their minds. But it wasn't long after that you put the pen in the hand of the master. And he began to write and he wrote a marriage into Tasha. He wrote, he wrote some, some beautiful children into y'all's lives and, and God's not even finished yet, Bo. There's still more to this story. Huh? That's what happens when you put the pen in the hand of your master. Come on, Brother Bruce. I remember that Sunday I was at the altar when you repented and you put the pen in the hand of the master and look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done. Listen, whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm trying to build your confidence right now. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to make it through this thing. Your enemies are going to stumble and your enemies are going to fall. Though a host should encamp against me. A whole army is against me. My heart shall not. There's only one way you can say that. There's only one way you can say if an enemy is out to get me. When David lived that. The whole army under Saul's command was after David. But one situation after another, David looked at, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how, finally David came, I know how it's happening, God is writing my story. I know it's hap- how it's happening, every time the host has me, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. There's only one way you can talk with that. Listen, if you're holding the pen to your life right now, I'd be very afraid. If you've got the pen, I'd be scared to death of coronavirus and the flu and the cold and and, and, and getting in my car and driving down the street. If, if I have the pen in my hand, you've got every right to be terrified about what's happening in our nation. If you're holding the pen, you've got every right to be terrified. But if you've got a confidence that God is holding the pen, we don't have anything to be afraid of. We don't have anything to be worried about. Amen. My enemies are going to stumble and my enemies are going to fall. Though, though an army should encamp against me, I shall not fear. Somebody give God some praise right now. Some of you have allowed the spirit of fear to take the pin back. Some of you have allowed the spirit of fear to cause you to take the pin back. It's time to get the pin back in his hand. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Come on, somebody reach up right now. I know you don't have, figuratively, God, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you, Lord, that you're writing, that you're working all things together for my good. God, that you've still got the pen. I may have taken it in a season of fear and doubt, in a season of worry and anxiety, Lord. It's in our human nature to want to get the pen back in our hands because we're deceived by the enemy into thinking that we can somehow write a better script than you can. But, Lord, I've got to say like David, when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got to tell Testimony uh, that he brought me through the dark storm, uh, he brought me through the trial, uh, he brought me through the desert, uh, and so I'm gonna get the pin. Hold yeah. on, just one minute, can you put the pin back in his hand? The pin's in his hand. Pestilence, disease, sickness, famine can't get you unless he says that's part of your story the pins in his hand we can say like david i have confidence Come on, somebody. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get something in your spirit right now. You've got to be able to say, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I'm not writing this story. It's not mine. Come on, there's some guy up there named Bill writing my story. Come on, there's a God up in heaven writing my story. It's not up to me whether I get past the joker or not. It's up to the one writing my story. And I just got a feeling everything's going to be all right. No matter who comes against me, God has already written the end of my story. Three times in that passage, David refuses to allow fear to impact his faith. Instead, David takes confidence in the power of the author. He says, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, if it hadn't been for the one holding the pen, when men rose up against us, then they would have quickly swallowed us alive. I wonder, are there any testimonies in the building of when you look back there are situations that you came through that you scientifically you can't explain it. Emotionally you got over things that most people will never get over. Come on. You got through relationships being busted and broken and you made it through that and here you are today and looking back you can't even explain it. Is there any Come on, they say once you're an alcoholic you're always an alcoholic. Is there anybody that will stand in this building today and say, no, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. I once was, but I'm not any longer. I can't explain it. The doctors say it's not possible. Come on, they say once your body has been wired to use drugs, you'll never be the same again. But I wonder is there anybody that can look back in your past and say, I used to be, I I once was, but by the grace of God, if I'll stay in His will, if I'll surrender to His plan, and even when I fail, if I'll run back to him. We used to say it this way back in the day, hallelujah, we win. I read the back of the book and we win. Listen, if you stay in the church, you cannot lose. I want to say that again. If you stay in the church, you cannot lose. Church, of God before us, who can be against us? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. The Lord will cause thine enemies to rise up against it to be smitten before thy face. Listen, I believe. You know, once in a while in Batman, even they use a little bit of comedy, and I believe God, little comedy. his He said they'll come in one way, but they'll. Ways God is doing gonna do something so amazing that your enemy is gonna leave confused, and your enemy is gonna leave confounded. Stand with me, Romans 8:29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Listen, moreover, whom He did predestinate, them also He called. And whom He called, He justified. And whom He justified, He glorified. Now I want to understand this predestination that we're talking about is not robbing you of your free will. It's not before you're ever born. It's already decided who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. It's saying... For those of you that put the pin in the hand of God. For those of you that will trust him to lead you and guide you. For those of you that will come and allow him to be your salvation. He is going to call you. He is going to justify you and he is going to glorify you. So take confidence in this. Wherever you are. whatever's going on in your life. Whatever the situation is. Whoever the enemy is. He is the author and the finisher. You know what this confidence produces? And I'm closing. This confidence produces a determination that I'm never gonna give up. There were times Joker would say, Come on, Batman, if if you if you'll just surrender, if you'll just give up, but Batman never gave up, he never gave in, he never quit. Come on robin let's let's zip bam pow our way out of this robin don't worry we're going to figure out the joker's riddle robin never gave up why because he had a confidence that bill's got the pen in his hand when you've got confidence that god is writing and he's writing the beginning the ending of my story he's the author and the finisher of my faith it gives it gives me a confidence i, I look at people like mama bush that that would come to church and in early years great poverty that she came to church but she never missed a service she would drive cars that i believe it was absolutely god holding those cars together masking tape couldn't have held those cars together but every monday night mama bush was there for prayer and every wednesday night mama bush was there for church and every sunday twice on sundays she was there for church car packed down with people coming with her why she had an understanding God is holding the pin, and I know I'm going to make it through, so I can't give up and I can't quit, quit now. I can't turn around. Come on somebody, you're too close to victory. You're too close to making it do this thing to give up now. I know sometimes it feels like the train tracks are rumbling. A whole lot of shaking going on. But we have the power of the author. if there's anybody in this building right now that you you need to get the pen back in the hand of the author i want you to come right now fear is overwhelming you anxiety you've lost that confidence you're looking at your circumstance and wondering how i'm going to make it through this come on i want you to walk down to this altar and i want you to get the pen back in the hand of the author looking unto jesus I know he's working all things together. Sister Barry, I don't know right now. I don't know what page we're on in your book. It doesn't make sense to me. But Sister Barry, I know the author. And I just have a feeling before it's all over with, there's going to be some plot twist we didn't see. God's going to turn things around and we're going to understand, oh, the author was just working things to get glory for his name. That's said, I want us to raise our hands as we come right now. As this praise team leads us right now, I want you to begin to cry out to God. Lord, I've got to get the pen back in your hand. I'm looking unto the author and the finisher of my faith. Lord, I'm this facing a trial right now battles. that if I look at it through these this earthly eyes, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it.
2: This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Yes. This is how I my even right
1: now the author is writing this is
2: how I my come on the author
1: is writing you came down this this to the altar and you're putting battles. the pen back in his hand and he's beginning this to write you've been struggling with anxiety and the this author is, is beginning to form that first letter this of the word peace come on the author is beginning this to this write that first letter of the word joy battles.
2: The author is beginning to write strength for the storm that you are facing. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I fight my This is our
1: together all across this building thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph Lord I'm asking you right now lives in this room that have been decimated by sin the enemy working to destroy the potential the promise, the plan that you have in the lives of people that's what sin does, it destroys it separates us from our purpose in God. Lord, I know the enemy tries to create the illusion that it's over. And if we only look through our human reasoning, it is over. Because in and of ourselves, we cannot conquer sin. But when we look unto Jesus, the author, when we put the pen in the hand of Jesus, he begins to bring victory in the midst of our defeat. Lord, I'm asking you right now, somebody that walked into this building today, Hearing the rumble of the train coming down the tracks. Wondering, is this the last episode? Is it over? Is there any possible way I can make it through this? I pray right now, Lord, that they would put the pen in the hand of the master. They would trust you, Lord, that you're going to write. That you're going to write. You're going to write one more line in my faith. You're going to write one more line in my faith, God. You're going to write one more Powerful testimony in my faith that when my enemies and my foes came upon me, they were just about to eat of my flesh, but all of a sudden, it's as if out of nowhere, they stumbled and fell. It's the author. It's the author. It's God who was keeping me when I couldn't keep myself. It's God who is protecting me when I didn't even know I needed to be protected. It was God who was watching over me, it was God who was directing my steps. So, Lord, we ask you right now before we leave this building. Lord, once again, you would write. Write one more line in our faith. Write one more line in the story of our faith. All things are working together for my good according to his purpose. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? challenge y'all keep the pen in his hand he sure he writes better stories than we could i promise you he writes better endings than we would amen keep the pen in his hand god bless you all
0: sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there to get to our destination we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path so be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com.
2: So I'm going away I'm going away